few words on a piece of paper. A sudden moment of clarity. A life changed forever. Throughout the ages, people have been challenged, inspired, moved and transformed by the words of the world's divine educators. My name is Sean Hinton, and in this podcast, Moments of Meaning, I talk to people whose lives have been profoundly affected by the sacred writings of the Baha'i Faith, and ask them about the story of how it happened. Today's guest is Arya Badian. Born in Chicago, raised in Grenada, she's lived all over the world, but is now based in Portland, Oregon in the US, where she works as an artist. This is the passage that inspired her moment of meaning. If it be thy pleasure, make me to grow as a tender herb in the meadows of thy grace, that the gentle winds of thy will may stir me up and bend me into conformity with thy pleasure, in such wise that my movement and my stillness may be wholly directed by thee. I implore thee, O my Lord, to enable me to so surrender my will to what thou hast decreed in thy tablets, that I may cease to discover within me any desire except what thou didst desire through the power of thy sovereignty, and any will save what thou didst destine for me by thy will. Arya, tell me about the first time you heard this passage and the impression it made on you. I grew up in the Baha'i faith and um, remember hearing this particular prayer several times, but when it really took on meaning was when I was in my late 20s. It just struck me. It's like I had never heard it before, and it was a turning point in my life. I had just had my first child. I was in my late 20s, and uh, he was two years old. I was in my dream job living in Minnesota, happily married, and just had this crisis of, I don't know, I guess it was a little early for a midlife crisis, but found that there was no meaning in my life, even though all the pieces that I thought needed to be in the puzzle were there. And it sent me down a really dark journey of trying to connect with spirit. And in the end, I, I really rejected that part of myself and lost my faith and entered into a really dark, dark place. I was on the shore of Lake Superior. I had actually just escaped from work and home and needed you know, time to myself and immersed myself in prayer and really trying to find my way back. And I read this prayer and it just filled me up with such desire and sort of, I think, a recognition that when I was following my own will and my own path and my own journey, it was not leading me where I wanted to go. And that it was possible if I could figure out how to completely let go and surrender myself to the will of God and and move in the wind of His will. And as I said that prayer in front of me, I saw 
a feather on the ground. And it turned out that in a few months, I would be going on a nine-day pilgrimage to Haifa, Israel, to the Baha'i World Center. And I had this very strong feeling that I needed to actually enact this intention. And so I picked up this feather and I put it in my prayer book. And I had decided when I first arrived, I was going to climb the steps of Mount Carmel. And when I reached the shrine there, that I would, you know, say this prayer and symbolically release myself into into the wind of the will of God and and take this feather as sort of a symbolic gesture and uh, watch it fly down the mountain. So you were able to go on pilgrimage with this intention. And what actually happened? For anyone that, that is not familiar with um, a Baha'i pilgrimage, it lasts nine days and the whole program is set out. And so I had so fixed in my mind what I wanted to do and I wanted to do it right when I got there. But that's not the first thing you do when you when you get to Haifa. In fact, the opportunity to climb up the mountain isn't until later in, in the pilgrimage. Instead of going into the shrine, I sat in the gardens and I was praying in the gardens. And as I was praying and meditating, this gust of wind um, came from nowhere. And, and this thought came to me, well, just take out your feather and release it into the wind of the will of God here. And it sounds funny because it it only had meaning because I gave it meaning, but it became this path for me to really understand what these words meant because I resisted that impulse. And I realized that I was attached to the way that I wanted to make this gesture. I wanted to climb up the steps and stand at the top and and release my feather and watch it float in the wind of the will of God. I had this recognition that this is, is this the wind of the will of God or the wind of your will? Uh, This surely is a simple thing to do is to shift my, my intention. And so with great reservation, I took the feather out and I said, okay. And I, I released it into the wind there. And it dropped like a rock <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> and again, I was like, no, 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 it's supposed to fly in the wind of the will of God. So I went to pick it up and do it over again. And I realized I couldn't touch it. Is this the wind of your will or the wind of the will of God? It was such a lesson because it was not what I imagined it to be. But then you, you read this passage again and it says that the gentle winds of thy will may stir me up and bend me in, into conformity with thy pleasure in such wise that my movement and my stillness may be wholly directed by thee. And so if I truly meant that gesture to symbolize that I wanted to put my life in God's hands and release my will, what if it was God's will that instead of being a feather flying in the wind, I was like a rock on the ground. And if I picked it up, I didn't really mean it. Tell me a little more about this passage. What is it that particularly affected you? This notion of the gentle winds of God's will stirring me up and bending me into conformity with his pleasure, that has this aspect of 
of freedom and putting yourself entirely in God's hands, particularly this notion that um, in such wise that my movement and my stillness may be wholly directed by thee. To me, it just really, it came to life that the, the crisis in my life was about me insisting on my will and, and unaware of the ways in which I was being directed by God's will. And I, I just didn't understand or know, how can I tell? How do I know if this is God's movement or, uh, or stillness but so that I can listen and obey? I longed for that state, but I didn't understand how to discern it it made me realize that when we look to these inspired words and try to find meaning, meaning will come in any form. I had uh, an idea of what it meant to be floating in the wind of, of God's will or for God's will to bend me. But that anything, even something as simple as the way in which I wanted to dedicate myself to my Lord was in and of itself a desire. And even though that's small, it has the potential to, it's symbolic of what can get in the way of us trying to release ourselves. So this notion that I may cease to discover within me any desire except what thou didst desire requires that we discern and separate our own desires from what is coming from God's will. And it's it's definitely a challenge to, to learn this discernment, but it requires true and total detachment from even what we imagine our, our lives to look like. And I did realize in, in this quote that if I, if I take that symbolism and sort of extract it and think about my life, how my life will proceed if I truly... Uh, try to live by this quotation, that I might have an image in my mind of what it looks like for my, my life to be directed by God. But that image is my own desire, and even that we have to be separated from. Let's hear the passage again. If it be thy pleasure... Make me to grow as a tender herb in the meadows of thy grace, that the gentle winds of thy will may stir me up and bend me into conformity with thy pleasure, in such wise that my movement and my stillness may be wholly directed by thee. I implore thee, O my Lord, to enable me to so surrender my will to what thou hast decreed in thy tablets, that I may cease to discover within me any desire except what thou didst desire through the power of thy sovereignty and any will save what thou didst destine for me by thy will. So did this moment of insight about this particular image in the passage stay with you after the pilgrimage? How did it affect you? It has impacted me in my life and been a guidepost as I have gone through many dramatic life changes and big decisions. I realized that my own desires getting in the way and and removing them really from, from my being um, 
came up very often because initially I looked to the outside world to the reinforcements that we receive when we get confirmed that we're doing the right thing, which I had had plenty of before, which might be status or acknowledgement, all of the material ways in which we can measure our progress or success. And really had to let go of all those things to find a different compass and a different gauge uh, that that I could only find in in prayer and meditation and really turning inward instead of turning outward. One way this was really brought to life for me is in this shift from my professional career to being really a full-time parent and educator of my children. I was used to the status and prestige of an international expatriate job and everything that goes along with that. And the decision to step away from my career was very much informed by my newfound reflection internally about what is next for me in my life. We were living in Switzerland. I loved what I was doing. I was good at it. But there was something within me, a voice that would rise up in my moments of prayer and meditation, which prompted me to leave and do something very dramatic, which is to stop a career that I had put so much investment in and spend all my time with my kids. And initially, it was a very frightening thing. But six months into it, I knew that there was no turning back. When you read these words now, many years later, how does it make you feel? It's very intimate. I think at first it was words that I aspired towards, but they're very packed with meaning for me. It awakens within me a real sensation of release and almost like my whole being, my my inner being becomes a barometer to become attuned to this wind. And it requires different faculties than than our five senses. But because I've practiced this, I sort of have a taste or a flavor of it. And reading it now reminds me of that. And when I find myself in moments of decision or confusion, this becomes a refuge, this prayer. And I find that once I enter the state that it arouses within me, you know, within a few days, gain some insight that will help me in discerning where God's will might be pointing me. Aria, what a delight talking to you today on Moments of Meaning. The passage chosen by Aria is a prayer by Baha'u'llah, the prophet founder of the Baha'i Faith. He encourages us to explore and seek guidance from our study of his writings, saying, Immerse yourselves in the ocean of my words, that ye may unravel its secrets and discover all the pearls of wisdom that lie hid in its depths. According to the Baha'i writings, the act of prayer is deeply personal. 
However, one of the distinguishing features of the Baha'i Faith is that its central figures have revealed a considerable number of prayers that give powerful expression to our innermost thoughts and feelings. Prayers which may be used both in our personal devotions and in our gatherings. These prayers are described as possessing the spiritual power to recreate us and draw us nearer to God. Developing and strengthening the habit of praying every day and reflecting on the meaning of those holy words is central to the life of a Baha'i. Just as our bodies require nourishment to develop properly, we need regular prayer for our spiritual sustenance and health. So central is prayer to Baha'i practice that regular daily prayer is considered an obligation for all Baha'is. For more about the Baha'i writings, head to baha'i.org. For the podcast notes for this episode, try baha'iteachings.org forward slash moments of meaning. Moments of Meaning is presented by Sean Hinton, sound engineering by Jamie Heath, researched by Nabil Khabipur, and produced by Alex Liz and the team at baha'iteachings.org.